Ephesians working through that at the prayer house. So we want you to mark that Thursday. Maybe if you're looking for a New Year's resolution that we all break. But anyways, a thought of getting into fellowship. We'd love to see you Thursday. And then Youth Age Next Sunday night, 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock, Illuminate at CCA. We'd love to see you. We have a big gym, lots of youth leaders. We're excited about that. If you have any questions, you can contact me or Kevin Hogan, Jen Hogan, or my wife. We'd love to speak to you about what we're going to be doing with the youth. But that's January 14th, next Sunday, 6 to 8, at Calvary Christian School out there in Franktown. January 27th, Faith in Action, a one-day seminar how to help the mentally ill, whether that's anxiety, depression, or other things. At times, we're not sure what to do, but Joe and Margie have planned a conference at Calvary Bible Church in Smith Falls, bringing in some different counselors who will join us and inform us and educate us to allow us to better minister uh, in that area. So... We are the church that is known to help. Amen? Amen. Especially when it comes to moving people. Amen? Amen. And I'm here to tell you, you have some opportunities. All right? So Art and Sarah, the good news is, are just moving across the hall. But they just need three or four people to help them next Saturday, I do believe. I don't see... Is Art here? Or Sarah? What? Oh, there... Oh, there's Sarah. Next Saturday, right? Yeah, so just go see Sarah. They need three or four people to help them, and we'd love to do that. So uh, it's an easy move, and you love the easy ones, right? The next week's an easy one, too, but it just involves a little bit of driving. Not too far, but uh, January 20th, Josh and Hillary are just moving out to McDonald's Corner a little bit, and they need some help, maybe some cars and people to help them out. So just mark that on your calendar. If you're not available the first Saturday, but the second, or whatever, whoever you want to help, whoever, praise the Lord. We're going to help them all. Amen? So mark that on your calendar. See them. They would love your help. And we'll put that in the announcements so you don't forget on Thursday. By the way, in regards to announcements, we are uh, just finding that some people change their emails occasionally and uh, just send some out and they're coming back. Maybe you've changed your email in the last couple of years, but we don't know that and you want to get the announcements or you're not getting the announcements. If you can just come see me and I'll write it down to make sure that gets all squared away so you're informed about what's going on. Since Josh installed this new program, you might have noticed MailChimp. It's actually pretty amazing. I can actually see who opens the email. You're all going to have to sit at the back. No, anyway, everyone sits at the back at Northgate anyway, so... Okay, okay, I'm trying to liven you up a little bit. Um, But yeah, open that, take a look at what we're doing in regards to that. So, Ladies Fellowship starting in the new year. Pay attention for details. They had a great day away yesterday. A lot of good reports in regards to that. Another, just Andrew Tizik, be praying for him on outreach. And Caleb left last night as well. And uh, another thing to be praying for is Caleb Clausen is leaving this week to go to New Zealand to do a YWAM there. So we have three of our young men actively serving in different capacities. Uh, We got uh, Central South America covered. We got Europe covered. And uh, now we're going to have the Far, Far East covered. So we're praising the Lord for that. But I think they would need your prayers. 
And as they get information or blogs, we're going to try and put them up on our website. So if you pay attention, take a look at our different missionaries. Caleb's got a blog up there. I'm going to contact Andrew if he has anything for us to share as well. So you can look at what they're doing and how specifically to pray for them. But this week, specifically pray for Caleb Clausen as he gets ready for that long trip. And uh, pray for Andrew in Greece and Caleb heading to Mexico City, probably there now and then to Guatemala. So keep them in prayer as well as Verms, who's been here before serving in South Africa, but planning a backpackers DTS uh, throughout Asia as well. And we want to keep that in our prayers. So before we get into God's word, let's just give this all to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and your goodness. Thank you for a new year. Yeah, it's almost like starting a fresh chapter in our journals an opportunity to hit the reset button. Lord, in understanding as we just prayed what truth is and living in it and resting in it. So Lord, help us as we approach this year to magnify you first and foremost in our lives. Lord, we pray this morning that you would speak to us about faith about having faith, living in faith, and trusting you. Pray that we would have soft hearts and open ears. Lord, it's so easy to think about so many different things the week to come or what's happened last week or last month. Or what we have planned even this afternoon, Jesus. I pray that we truly would be attentive to what you would have to say by the power of your Holy Spirit. Even if it's just a sentence or a word or a verse, Lord Jesus, may we put it into practice. Thank you for each one here and how uniquely and wonderfully that you have made them. Each one is precious in your sight. Everyone in this room is precious. Your thoughts towards them are as of the sand on the seashore. No matter if they have dark hair or blonde hair or brown eyes or blue eyes, none of that matters. Lord, what matters is you and you know us and you love us. We thank you for that, Jesus. We pray in our body for those who aren't well, struggling with sickness, coughs, flus. Think of the Colossian home struggling like O'Shea and others, just, just a seasonally sick Lord. We just pray that you'd strengthen them through these bugs, Lord Jesus. We pray for those who have needs this morning, maybe not physical, but relational, emotional, those who are lonely. Would you comfort them with the power of your Holy Spirit, speaking of Jesus? Lord, we know life can be difficult. And so we're asking for your help. We pray, Lord Jesus, as we've mentioned for Caleb Clausen. We wanted to pray for him today, but he's sick. So we pray that you would help him to feel better. And as he prepares this week to start a new adventure, and I'm sure fear and anxiety can just be with anybody making that big of a trip. Lord, that you would just give him a peace that goes beyond understanding. 
that you would prepare the way for him, that you would bless him and teach him and help him to grow in you, that you would use him wherever their outreach is. And speaking of outreach, we pray that you would be with Andrew in Greece, that you would strengthen him, bless their efforts as they speak your name, Lord Jesus. We pray that it would fall upon soft hearts and people would come to know you. We pray for Caleb in Mexico City and for Andrew as well, protection. The same prayer for Caleb, there'd be much fruit. They minister in different places and different churches to different people. Your hand would be upon that. Pray for Worms today that you would strengthen him. Pray for Ken Meyer in Austria. Pray for his father and his father-in-law just struggling with sickness and cancer. And as Ken ministers, I just pray that he could be focused in the midst of the difficulty. That many refugees there would come to know you, Jesus. We pray for the three brothers. We're attempting to sponsor from Ghana, Lord, that you would bring them in your perfect time. You would use us in whatever capacity you see fit. We pray for GR. We're so thankful for what you've done in his life. Pray for Carter at school, Lord Jesus, that you would help him continually be with him. Lord, what an opportunity we've had to invest in so many from all over the world, being such just a, a small fellowship here in Perth, Ontario. But God, we are so thankful. And we do pray for more opportunities. In our area, we pray for revival in Lanark County that many people would come to know you and that Christians who do know you would walk in the newness of life in all the churches, that we would be a united front, that your kingdom would grow, that you would have mercy on Lanark County, that you would just raise up men and women, laborers for this harvest field, Lord Jesus. Help us with distractions, God. We get so distracted. To do your work, your way. And as your church grows in this area, Lord, we pray that you would bring people from all over to come to see what you're doing and to be encouraged and to go back where they're from, Lord, and to change things. Lord, we want to have big prayers because you're a big God. And have big vision because you're a big God and you desire to change lives and we just want to be used in whatever part of the process you want to use us but we want to see your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven we know that you answer prayer so we continually ask and even in this new year Lord would you remind us to pray encourage us to pray challenge us to pray Lord, we need your help. We can't do it alone. Thank you so much, God. You are so good. We praise your name. We worship you. For all these things in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Just thinking of one other thing we should pray for. I don't know if you know the Wills family, but... Krista has surgery again. They found some more cancer, so um, we want to pray for that. Lord Jesus, we just pray, Surgery Monday, that you would just wipe this out. We think they've caught it quick enough. 
But Lord, we pray for positive results, that your hand would be with the surgeon's hands. Just be with Greg and Kristen, their family. Just take this out after being through such a difficult role these last two years. God, we pray that you would take it away. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. I think there's a couple there. Early bird gets the worm. (laughs) Or no one does. (laughs) That's okay too. How's everybody doing today? We seem a little uh, sober. Hopefully we can, uh, not in a bad way, just reflective, maybe tired. Maybe tired is a better word, right? Um, We do a little topical today, just felt before we go to Acts chapter 22. And we'll carry on. You can read ahead in Acts chapter 22. I just encourage you to do that. But this week we're going to, I just know with the new year coming, I had mentioned something a couple weeks on, three weeks ago on a Thursday night. Just felt really challenged and only part of the body was there to hear that. I just kind of wanted the whole body to hear something in regards to the new year. And uh, just maybe put forth a little bit of a challenge. And God spoke to me through my devotions this week. We're going to talk about that, and then next week we'll be in Acts chapter uh, 20, learning all about prophecy and what God's word is and what man's word is. So I need to study more on that one. So, anyways, Second Kings chapter 13. If you'll turn there with me this morning in your Bibles. So in your Bibles, you'll have First Kings, then Second Kings. Right? That's not too hard. You have to get through First and Second Samuel, and uh, first five books there. But then you'll come across Second Kings chapter thirteen. We're going to start in verse fourteen, and we're going to talk to you a little bit of a story. How many know who the uh, prophet Elisha is? Raise your hand. The prophet Elisha. Okay, not the prophet Elijah. Who's ever got confused with the two? When you're talking about them, and you say Elijah, and you know, no, I meant Elisha. I mean, no, 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 no. I don't mean that. I mean the one with the S, not the J. Um, but you know there's two, two major prophets. And you know the story, the first one is Elijah, and he had a mighty ministry of the Lord. And then, I think the Lord showed him to anoint uh, this next one to mentor him, and his name was Elisha. And Elisha followed him around. He used to be a farmer, but at that point, he, he sacrificed his oxen and burnt them on his cart. And then he left everything behind, and he followed Elijah, And you might remember the end of Elijah's life. And he's trying to shoo Elisha away. Get away, get away, get away. He wanted to, to leave and go on his own. But Elisha would not leave. He kept following him from town to town. And finally across the Jordan. And it was time for Elijah to go. And you might remember the chariot of fire comes swooping down. And there is... Bible trivia that stumped me more than once. But one question is, how did Elijah ascend into heaven? What would you say? By a chariot of fire. But the question made me look a little closer, and it's actually by the whirlwind that he goes up, and not by the chariot. But uh, what's, what's that matter? He went up, right? So one of two not to die, the other being Enoch in the Old Testament. But before he goes, he has one request of Elijah. Does anyone remember what it was? Please, Master, I want... Come on, Bible scholars, what was it? Double portion portion of your spirit. 
And as you track Elisha, it means the, the miraculous works of Elijah. And at the end of it, you count all that God did, all these miracles through him, and he does exactly twice as much as Elijah. Isn't scripture absolutely amazing and true? So Elisha does amazing things, and you might remember them. The story of Naaman, I'll get into a little bit later, how he healed his leprosy. Or the time where he resurrected uh, the young boy, where he stayed in the home. Or other times when he provided through different needs. Or when Israel was in deep trouble and the enemy was knocking and they had no food and they were even eating their own children. Elijah said, tomorrow we will have everything we need. And the king said, I'm going to kill you for that. But what happened was exactly what the Lord said. And Elisha's word through the Holy Spirit was true, but now we see in 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 14, many kings in Israel have passed, and finally Elisha is at the end of his life. And just for a little history, if you know, Israel's kind of split in two now. There's the southern kingdom and the northern kingdom, and Elijah and Elisha ministered more to the northern kingdom, and the northern kingdom was the one that was more ruthless than he heathenistic more than the southern kingdom. Both weren't great, but the north was really bad. Like, they worshipped cows and did all sorts of things that you shouldn't do. And Elijah and Elisha just keep saying these things to the kings and they're not responding. But some do, and here at the end of Elisha's life, the king, whose name is Joash, not to be confused with another king in Judah before that, knows Elisha's sick. And he knows Elisha has tremendous power and he's facing the enemy. And he gets very nervous because he says, well, when Elisha says something, it happens. And now he's going to die and we're going to be alone. So he goes to him in verse 14. We'll start there. Chapter 13. Elisha had become sick with an illness of which he would die. Then Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face and said, Oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. So here he's going and he's weeping because he's afraid. He's absolutely scared. And that's why he mentions these chariots and his horsemen, because he knows without Elijah, they have no power to take on the enemy. And in verse 15, Elisha said to him, take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, put your hand on the bow. And so he put his hand on it. And Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. And he said, open the east window. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. He said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for you must strike the Syrians Apex till you have destroyed them. Verse 18, then he said, take the arrows. So he took them and he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck the ground three times and he stopped. Verse 19, and the man of God was angry with him and he said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. And then Elijah died, and they buried him. Quite an interesting story. If, I got strange memories when I think, and I know as your pastor, I shouldn't tell you, but I watched Monty Python when I was a kid. 
I know, bad. I don't know, there's one scene, I don't remember what movie, it's probably the Holy Grail, where he shoots the arrow, the king, and it supposedly just goes out the window, it's like, and then it goes, skyrockets, and it, and it goes into the enemy's heart. It's just the weirdest scene ever, because he's like, he's just like, and I just see that window and that picture of this like, wimpy king, and just like, shoot your arrow, buddy! And it will defeat the enemy. And I was thinking about that in regards to not necessarily shooting the arrow, but tapping the arrows, striking the arrows to the ground. The challenge to believe that God wants to do more than we think He can do. And as we enter maybe the arena of a new year, the battles of a new year, the adventures of, the, of a new year. It comes to my head that easily we can be afraid or wonder what is going to go on? What is going to happen in 2018? God, what are you going to do? And maybe you're saying, well, if it's too, like 2017, woohoo! But maybe you might be saying, if it's like 2017, eh. And I don't want to do that again. Or maybe you say, I want to do that again. But the reality is we are on the verge of a new land. But the land is time. And I think the question I have for you this morning is what lies ahead for you? And how are you entering that land? With faith or with fear? With trust? Or trying to figure everything out in your own strength, which will completely lead you to difficulty. A few stories, just a few things, just in this story. The king knew who Elisha was. And it's interesting, when Elisha says to him, put your hand on the bow, put your hand on the bow. My mind, I don't know, maybe you've read your Bibles for a long time. When I see a word, I start thinking about the word. Bow, bow, arrows, arrows. When I think of arrows, I think of my kids, right? Psalm 127. I got a lot of arrows back there. And I'm in a phase of life where they don't do any good in the backpack. It's really hard to shoot them because you like them close, right? But you got to let go of them. That's a sermon for another day. That's not today. I started thinking about the bow. The bow. I'm not a hunter. I know there's hunters in here who have bows and you snot shotgun season. It seems like bow season lasts forever. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Go get the deer and the bow. But I wasn't thinking necessarily of the weapon of the bow, but the shape of the bow, which is very much a part of scripture because we know in Genesis it talks about the rainbow. And that shape, which is like that, of course you put your string on it and the tension and it goes, but that, that bow that goes around, in Revelation it says around the throne there is a bow, right? I started thinking about that more and more. Scripture and the amazing picture of God's mercy, the amazing picture of God's grace. And it probably is our greatest weapon, isn't it? Grace is our greatest weapon. You might think your greatest weapon was doing something, 
but your greatest weapon is what God has done and continually does. And I just think the picture here is absolutely incredible because he says, put your hand on the bow, but then he puts his hand on his hand on the bow to steady the bow. And when you're a little kid and you're trying to hold it and pull the string back, it's almost as if you can't do it and you need like the dad to come alongside you and say, hold it steady, boy, right? Hold it. And he puts your hand on the little boy's hand. It's almost like Elisha, even sick, was doing that and holding the bow and telling the king, listen, God is gracious and merciful and God can do anything he wants. And his favor flows so wonderfully all through our lives. I was thinking that in regards to even Elisha and all the things he did. Second Kings chapter 4, he resurrected the widow's son. Second Kings chapter 5, he healed Naaman's leprosy. As I mentioned, he provided for the lamb, he fought for the people. And all of these things to me speak of God's amazing grace in our lives. Because of the work of Jesus Christ and His grace, guess what? You will be resurrected. Amen. And Naaman gets dipped in the Jordan and his skin's all full of leprosy. But he comes up and Scripture is clear. What type of skin did he have coming up? Babies. Don't we love baby skin? Oh, baby skin. We love babies, period. But I think there's some people who just touch the babies to touch the skin. It's so soft, it's not weathered, it's not old, it's not broken. And that's what God through His grace does for us. He gives us new skin. He makes us babies, spiritual babies in Jesus Christ because of His forgiveness. He heals us of sin and then He continually in our lives, continually works. And we know in eternity if there's anything amiss. By His stripes we will be healed. Isaiah 53, 5. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. You are a new creation in Christ. You are provided for Philippians chapter 4. Today you might think, where's the provision going to come from? And maybe the king in 2018, where's the provision going to come from? Well, the promise of Scripture is very clear. That He will provide all your needs. And they might not even be physical, by the way. They might be emotional. They might be relational. He will provide all your needs according to His riches in glory. But as you foresee the future and you're standing and you're the king, are you nervous? Like, what's going to happen in my life? What's going to happen? Am I going to be provided for? Are these things that are such a big problem going to be dealt with? And the Lord was saying to me, do you have faith entering that land? Do you trust Him with your future? Well, how do I know God's with me? Because God said He will be. Amen. The problem is we don't see it, we don't believe it. Right? We don't see it, we don't believe it. What does the king see? He sees nothing. I'm just, oh, when I see Elisha's with me, I'm okay. But if Elisha's gone, I'm not okay. 
And Elisha's saying, this got nothing to do with me. How about you? When you see God's work, you're like, I'm okay. But maybe you don't see God's work. Maybe the Syrians of financial difficulty, of relational problems, of sin, are in your life. And you're looking, and you're like, oh no! What am I going to do? And it's so interesting. I think God's saying to us today, in a way, props are always good, amen, right? But then pick up your bow! Here it is, pick up your bow. But just pick up your rainbow, pick up grace. Pick up the love of God in your life. Pick up His promises. Pick up His provision and put your hand on it. And the interesting thing is that you put your hand on it, He says, God says to you today, you're not alone. And He puts His hand on your hand and He says, I'm going to steady you in the truth of your greatest weapon, which is my love and my grace. He said, but all oh, the new year is so difficult. Pastor Dan, you don't know my situation, and probably I don't, but I've heard many like it. I've got news for you. Your story's not new. Somewhere in the world, someone possibly has fear of the future just like you do, or greater fear. But God says, look at what I have promised you. I will not leave you alone. My grace and mercy will be with you. And if you trouble to steady that in your new adventure, in your new battles, he says, I'm going to put my hand on your hand. Then he says, take the arrow, right? Got to take an arrow. Got to take a Caleb. Anyways, <laughs> enough of that. And shoot him out. The arrow is important. It really is. And I think the arrow in a lot of ways, is our faith, right? Very clearly, Elisha couldn't shoot the arrow for him. He had to shoot it himself. He said, I can put my hand on the bow with you. But the command is very clear. You have to shoot. You have to let go. And by the way, faith, I want to say, mention faith, and we'll get into that in a minute to finish up. But faith is doing what God says. A lot of people say, I have faith, and I'm like, well, he told you to do something. Where's the faith? Or how about my life? It works better when I talk about myself. Daniel, do this. Shoot the arrow. <laughs> do I have the faith not knowing to let go and do what God says. He's shooting out a window. Where is it going? I don't even have a target. God, what do you want me to do? I don't understand. Who shoots an arrow out a window? He says, no, that's the arrow of deliverance. That's the arrow of deliverance. That problem you have by faith, through grace, God wants to deliver you, but you've got to let go of the arrow. What are you holding on to? It's a great question. Are you holding on to your fear? Are you holding on to you doing it? Are you holding on to... There could be multiple, multiple things. But this deliverance, this deliverance is for so many things. And in my life, it could be for sin in my life. And God says, you got to let go of what you think is work. And you got to let go by my grace and trust me. And you got to shoot. 2018, new land. You want deliverance? 
You gotta have faith, but you gotta do what God says. Well, God doesn't talk to me. Do what God says. Well, I don't know what God says. I got a great New Year's resolution for you. Get to know what God says. I don't know, Pastor Dan or whoever's preaching him, I don't know if it's truth. Well, why don't you go find out? Why don't you open the book? Why don't you look and find out what he wants for your life? And then your faith is put into believing not what culture says, not what your friends say, but what the truth says. And you shoot. He says, shoot, let it go. But I love the last part of the story. Absolutely incredible. Because he knows what his arrows are going to do, right? Did Elisha say, what is your arrow going to do? Oh, it's just a fun little picture. He says, it's a deliverance against the Syrian army. Da-da. And he says, pick up some more. We get another arrow. Maybe there was two or three. And he says, strike the ground. And some people say, well, that's silly. Why would he strike the ground? He knew what the arrows were going to do. There goes Michael. <laughs> hey, they did, didn't I? I did three times. You thought I was going to lie three. I didn't do it two. <laughs> These are Elisha's last words. This great man of God, his last words, and he gets angry. And he says, Darn it! You could have destroyed the enemy! But he only struck your arrow three times. He knew that these were arrows of deliverance, and yet he didn't have the faith to strike the ground more. Because the king was afraid. He said, why didn't you strike it? Four, five, six. Think in your life. This is where faith comes in. Here's your arrow of deliverance. Is your faith in the bow of grace, in God's love, in God's promises. And he says, here it is. Here it is. Strike the ground. These are the things. God is going to bring victory. And the question is, do you believe it? Not just once. Not for one situation in your life. Not two situations in your life. But do you believe it for four and five? Because I defeated the enemy. And the question is, do you believe it and trust it? Are you going to walk in it moving into the new year? I don't care less about 2017. Because the question is, what are we doing today that will move us forward? And God has given us grace as the greatest weapon. He wants to flow into us His forgiveness and His power and His empowering. And He says, do you believe me? I was like, Pastor Dan, does that mean I'll have no problems? Absolutely not. I'm not saying that 2018 will bring you financial success and absolutely no relational problems. I'm not saying that. I'm saying He will allow you to conquer the problems as they come through His grace in your faith. See, this is a lesson we need to learn over and over again by we're living unproductive, unvictorious lives, struggling with sin and a lack of faith. And God's saying, tap your arrows, I never change. I never change. And my promises never, ever 
And I'm not saying it's easy. I'm telling you who's with you. And I'm telling you over the long run as you obey, choosing to believe that He will defeat the enemies of your life. What are you going to do? Huh? What is it? What sin has got you down? What fear of the future? What financial need? What relational difficulty? What hope that you haven't seen fulfilled? You know what he's saying? Don't live a dejected Christian life not knowing that you are victorious. Faith brings victory as you trust in the God who's given it to you. Are you going to strive for victory or are you going to fight because you have the victory? Simply knowing who God is. I want to know God more. He has shown you who He is. And I am the same, He says, yesterday, today, forever, and my word will not fade away like the grass. It will not wither, but it will continue, and it is true, and it is powerful. And He's saying, do you believe me? And your belief will cause you to act on His truth. The enemy's defeated. Are you going to shoot the arrow? That's the question. And this is for everyone in this room. It's not for your neighbor. It's not for your children. It's for you. It's for me. It's for me. It's for you. Because God's word is for all of us. And I think we all can say, like Mark chapter 9, the father of the demon-possessed boy, I believe, but please help my unbelief. I want to shoot ten arrows. Not because I'm strong, God, but you are. And in the midst of my issues and my difficulties and my battles and my new year, you are with me. It's time to change the truth here, here, so we live right. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace and your goodness today. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your stories and your word. Thank you for the greatest weapon. Your grace, Jesus Christ, has appeared to all men. Jesus Christ. The grace has appeared. Jesus Christ. And that same grace empowers us to live a holy life. To live different as we believe and trust. And Lord, there's battles, maybe even this week or next month, or in six months, there's battles of school and people and work. There's battles of provision. There's spiritual battles that even go beyond this. There is wrestling going on because we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. There is a battle, but we need to stand in your victory, Jesus. In your love and your peace. To stand in your truth. We need to take up the weapons you've given us, spiritual weapons. So in this spiritual battle, the truth, the truth of the bow, the truth of the righteousness you give us, the truth that you shed through your word, 
your peace, your salvation, all these things you've given us, Jesus, to be victorious, to stand in your truth. And I pray that we would have faith to believe in what you've done, to obey what you've said. Oh, you have so much planned, so much potential, so many challenges where we can be victorious because you are a big God. And maybe this morning, you're trying to hold up that bow and your hand's a little shaky. Can I tell you that God is holding your hand? Don't try and do it yourself. Don't try and shoot yourself. Let his hand hold your hand. Maybe you got the, the arrow cocked, but you haven't let go of your faith. Oh, just in this moment, Holy Spirit, would you just give the faith to let go of that arrow, to shoot for deliverance? you so much. He died for you. He lived a perfect life. As you believe and trust him and that he took your sin, he will give you his righteousness, his perfection. And with that, you can enter eternity. And maybe you're not there. You've never believed that. You've just come to church. Can I tell you? You need to believe with your heart. Confess with your mouth that Jesus came and died and rose again. And you will be saved. John 3.16 for God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that he who believeth or is believing in him, maybe you've fallen away a bit today, he's calling you back, he's saying, come and believe again in me, the God who loves you. Maybe you never have believed, he's saying, come, maybe you have and you've slipped, he says, come back, come back, do not harden your heart today. Come back to my love, come back to my love. Maybe you need to do that today just in this moment, just to come back to his love and say, Lord, I believe. I believe. Oh, if you're stuck in sin and you don't want to get out, don't take communion. Because you're telling Jesus you don't believe in him. But if you do believe in him, just, oh, thank you for your forgiveness, God. We're all going to struggle in
praise you, Jesus. We worship you today above all else for what you've done for us. There is someone in this room that would give thanks for the bread this morning. Just pray on Take the juice together. Sing the worship, amen. amen. And give thanks. Let's stand together and close our 
Moments, Lord, and you'd remind us in those moments, Lord, 
and we can hit that bow or that arrow down with confidence knowing that you're going to hear us, God, that you do love us, Lord, that you desire to be a part of every single detail of our life. And uh, so, Lord, we just pray as we go forward, Lord, as we go back to our jobs and schools and, and everything that we do this week, Lord, uh, Lord, that we remember to honor you, Lord, that we would remember to spend quality time with you, Jesus. And uh, yeah, create those opportunities, I pray, for, for fellowship, Lord, for people to hear your truth. And we pray for our community in this town, God, that people would know you. Lord, for Smith Falls and Carton Place and, and Ottawa and the whole nation, God, that people would know you. We thank you, we praise you, we love you, and we look forward to all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week loving Jesus and people. Amen.
basically, yeah. It's like, it was basically the guy that he was a, he was like a photographer. Dude, like, yeah, you can like open my portfolio, and then he goes up and put the pictures up there as well, but then you can look up and he goes to the main picture of your lot. Thank you.